Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And I suggest you shut up and show more football. Come on, come on. understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. I'll take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. Welcome and congratulations. Thank you. What for? Not you. Oh, sorry. If you've just found us. Oh, This right, is right. the Keys and Grey podcast. Um, fittingly, with myself, Richard Keys. Yes, yes, and me, Andy Gray. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, it's great to have you. If you are a new listener, uh, subscribe. Please leave us a review. Five stars, preferable, if you can. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well, at Keys and Grey Pod. Keys and A-N-D, Grey Pod. There are no shortcuts. Keys and Grey Pod. Uh, and it's nice to have your company. Our guest today, I'm really looking forward to mm, talking with you. It's been a little while since yes. we last did. He's been managing of late yeah. uh, in the Northwest. Uh-huh. Probably not a character that we, any of us, thought would ever turn his hand to coaching or management. No, no. But no. I would say did so successfully. Yeah. Yes. B- before it came to a sudden halt recently. Hmm. Yeah. That's, Joseph, maybe, that's maybe the clue. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Anthony Barton. Barton. Yes. Yes. Uh, a whole host of different things this week. And, and, and what I enjoy most about this podcast, Andy, is never in any particular order. And I've no idea until I scroll through back the iPad um, on, on what I've said well, this week. Spare a thought for me then, anyone who's listening, because if he hasn't got a clue, think how I feel sitting across Well, that's absolutely right. Not, I, knowing, I want to start not on, knowing what's getting thrown here. Well, I want to start on a serious note, well, okay. and that is to send our best wishes to Sol Bamba yes. in his fight against cancer. Diagnosed yeah. this past week. I sent a message uh, via a friend of ours. Yes, yes. Um, spent time with him over here in Qatar. Really, really nice guy. Mm. And... Um, Bad news, the diagnosis, but um, anyone that's played for Cardiff can probably overcome <laughs> yeah, most, most things so. in life. Yeah, I think so. Warnock's been part of your life <laughs> and you've survived Neil Warnock. Come on, Saul, you can do it. <laughs> so, uh, good luck to you. Um, we didn't mention here the numerous penalties that Manchester United have been given mm-hmm. since the beginning of last season. Mm-hmm. 34. 34. Mm-hmm. Um, we did 
on Be In Sports, and I have tweeted at different times to some fairly aggressive responses uh, to well, Manchester United. You know, well, did you expect Manchester. anything other than No, that? of course no, not. No. But the purpose was, mm. and, and this is where I'm chuffed a bit, because I wanted them to pick up on it in order to give it mm -hmm. oxygen yeah. and, and start everybody else talking about it. And since I mentioned it, Andy, nobody has given Manchester United a penalty. And here today, back page of the Daily Mirror, Marcus Rashford, Jose taught us the secret of how to win more pens. I, I saw that today. And I, I, I'm honestly, and maybe I shouldn't have had, but I did have a chuckle. Because if anyone was going to teach them how to win a pen, it would have been Josie. When you think back to his Porto days, when, when he was, you know, when he took oh. that team to the final against Celtic, they were diving here, diving there, winning free kicks here, winning this And bollocking John Terry yeah. for telling Drogba, Drogba stop, stop falling over Correct. because you're embarrassing us. And Jose said, no, 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 no you carry on. <laughs> That's part of it. Because it's driving them mad. Yeah. Um, so but it's, it's no surprise to hear that. Uh, Rude Hullet, I always refer to as the final arbiter on this. Mm -hmm. He talks about... In Italy, yeah. performance is everything. Mm -hmm. and, and football is art. Mm -hmm. It is the home of opera and drama. And if you win a penalty in Italy, mm -hmm. you are congratulated. Yes, you Not are. just by your teammates, but by all and sundry, everybody. <laughs> it, it, it's something to be proud of. But we still don't operate like that in this no. country. I, I understand. I understand sometimes. I understand... That that if if you've always talked about it, a leg's left dangling, you've got every right. I, I get all of that, mm -hmm. but but Mark Clattenburg this week, I, I saw a piece in the Daily Mail, and he's looked back on the last I eleven. Saw I saw that, and he said five of them, absolutely not. I know, and 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 that's my point that yeah. that it, it was just becoming a habit to to buy into what Rashford himself uh -huh. was doing, um, and and Martial particularly. Uh -huh. I mean Fernandez anyway. You've just got to sneeze on him, and he goes over. <laughs> um, but he's but, only won one. Two, two, two. Yeah, he's yeah. only one. Two. Without penalties this year, the Premier League looks different. Manchester City, Liverpool, United third. Okay. Um, but it, it was for me. It was, it was statistically impossible, and it was becoming. It wasn't funny anymore. Yeah. yeah. It was every week. Do you know? It's, but it is the modern game, Richard. In respect to, um I feel a bit sorry for referees sometimes, and nowadays there's a situation happening outside the box, and there's a brush of somebody. And they'll, they'll probably stay on their feet nine times out of ten because they've got the football and they're advancing towards the goal. The same, um, I was going to say collision, the same incident happens inside a penalty area. You can bet nine out of ten times, instead of staying on their feet, they're going to ground. As soon as the first touch, first brush, um, go looking for it, put a leg out in their leg to catch your leg. All that, I think, is a bit unpalatable. I've always said the thing about defending is if someone sticks a leg across you, you're not... And nothing in the laws of the game that say you have to jump over it. Mm. You're entitled to fall over it and get yourself a penalty because that's just the defender being stupid or taking a risk that maybe he shouldn't. That's different from Sol, what we've Sol seen. Sol Campbell, Wayne Rooney, Old Trafford all those years ago when yeah. the Invincibles run yeah. was finally ended. There was a huge debate yeah. over what Rooney had done mm -hmm. and Rooney did. Mm -hmm. he won Sol a, went he won across him. Sol went across his run. I remember it. He did. Sol went across it. Wayne will try to hurdle it and fell. Remember? Mm, no, yeah. I saw Rooney fall over. No. Well, but Saul shouldn't have put his leg across him. Well, for goodness sake. <laughs> anyway, it was it was it was happening too often for mm. me. And and uh, I think there's been a little bit of balance brought back to it. And I, I hear what you're saying. But when 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 I'm thinking of the Greenwood pen when he when he charged into the lad, you know, West Brom when when they had a pen and it was overturned and and, and then a you know, a, a perfectly good save was 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 deemed illegal. I mean, it it was daft. I th I think now this weekend uh, depends when you're listening to this. We're recording Friday morning. Uh, they play Sunday, the big two, don't they? Yeah. 
Um, that will be interesting. It will be interesting. Because those are probably the two teams who have... Steady. I know they say that um, that Liverpool haven't had as many, but you know I think they've got one or two who are prone to... <laughs> I think Mark Clattenburg mentioned it in his article, didn't he? He said about <laughs> Liverpool, be careful. He says, you've got one or two of your own, Jürgen, that uh, are not... Uh, against falling down in the penalty area. Yeah, well, that would be that would be right. Mm. Although in five and a half years, the 33 that uh, Manchester United have had from the start of last season mm. far outweighs what Klopp's been given. Yeah, um, uh, debate goes on as to whether we should stop or not. I, this time round, hope that we continue to play. I fear that we might not if players continue to behave why, why in the players, way that players, they have been why, on and off the pitch. Um, I agree with you off the pitch. I agree with half of that. I agree with half of that. Off the pitch, yes, I think that there's no excuses. Um, the guys know what's required of them. Um, everyone's looking at them. Um, but, you know, I've been reading a lot this week about the, the celebrations and and there's there's a mixed bag about who, who are for and who are against. Um, and I think it's wrong to blame players' celebrations on the fact that football might be um, uh, told to wrap up for the season because your players are celebrating a goal. Um, I would counter that argument. I know you would. You answer this question, honestly. Yeah. Is there anything better than the feeling of scoring a goal? No, nothing. Now, that's an answer that got you into trouble once, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, did very much so, yes. Do you want yes. to explain? <laughs> <laughs> I did, maybe in my youth, I did happen to mention that I actually felt that scoring a goal was, was better than sex. Yeah. And I did say that. I, I qualified it by saying the thing is... I could only score a goal probably until I'm 33. Yes. But I'd like to think the other part of that statement, I could carry on for quite some time after that. And, and your partner at the time was wasn't too impressed, pleased. was she? No, not best no. pleased. No. Well, I can understand not why. Not best pleased. Did, did it work out like that? Did you carry on beyond 33? Oh, well, I hope so. <laughs> you see, I think back to the days when goal celebrations were rehearsed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we saw them on the pitch. Ian Wright and Neil yeah, Ruddock, remember, yeah. famously... Yeah, um, when they told me die. Yes, uh, and I know everybody went and jumped on top of him, but but corner flags. You yeah, know, Cahill made punching. So I I I understand. I get it. I I the the rush of adrenaline and the euphoria and the moment and you're missing a crowd anyway. And and it is what we watch football to see goals. I've said that constantly. But I think we need to be really really careful. Particularly, it was exacerbated last week by Chorley. Post-match, no need for that. What? The dressing room scenes and, and, and the songs and, and, and the arrivals at Marine. I mean, I, I noticed Merseyside Police said no social distancing regulations were broken. Yes, they were. Of course they were. Why? Well, because everybody was in the street, arm on shoulder. Oh, the, the, the fans? Yes. Oh, I see what you mean. Of course they I were broken. And, and, no, but I, that's not footballers, but, Richard. But that's, that's not footballers no, that's celebrating. That's football. a totally... No, no, but... So, but what... What do you want to do? You can't say then, we're going to ban it then because you footballers are causing this. I, I think that... There, there, are, there is more good coming out of mental health by football being played... I agree. ...in the UK than there would be if they stopped football I because agree. players are, are celebrating. Now, listen, I don't know if there's a, there's a clinical reason to... Let me tell you this. If somebody scores a last-minute winner at Anfield this weekend, are you going to tell me they won't be celebrating? No, I, I, I understand, but I think... And I, what's the I, danger I, there? The danger of that happening. No, what's the danger of 15 seconds of celebration? 
Well, the danger 15, is that, that, that 10, maybe I know might. that we get tested twice, or the they players do. get tested yeah. twice. Three but you can be thing. asymptomatic an hour after a test and not know I that know. you're a carrier. I know. So there are dangers, and I think the danger... The danger is that you're rubbing people's noses in the problems that they've got locked down. I don't think you're, you are. No, I don't think you are. We're okay no. because we're rich and famous. No, I don't think that. That's I, wrong. I, I don't give, think I players think that. Piers Morgan. I don't. Who's, 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 give me Piers Morgan or your leg. I don't care. Uh, well, I mean, here is an example of the rich and the famous. He is. Uh, he's been beating people up, as we know, yeah. morning, noon, and night, and then clears off to Antigua for Christmas. Well, I know, but that's uh, not football. So no, it's not, but, but it's well, on it, the pitch, The Richard. general public look at that and they go, oh, well, if you've got a few quid, you think you're better no, than us. No, I don't but think But you're it. not. Like, yes, off the field, I would agree with you. They might have that perception of certain footballers. Yes, and this Christmas and New Year, it's been uh, it's been justified because of the headlines some, one or two have created. I get that. But on the football pitch itself, you know, it's already sterile enough. Game, yeah, you don't like it. It's already sterile no, enough. I, it's already a I've, terrible. I've, I've come to. I've what we're getting now. I have come to understand. I didn't want to play on last year. I was genuinely fearful, but I think everybody did a really good job in getting us going. I, I'm still of the opinion: had we stopped, we could have started again this time around in August in our own time without the rush and the concerns now about finishing again. I, I, I. But anyway, that all that's history. I'm pleased yeah. we're playing this time around. I but just I think we need think, to play with some concern. Do you know what concern. worries me as well? What is me getting at these politicians, and I, I don't even know their name. That's how quite Oliver Dowden is the culture well, whoever secretary. It is, yeah. Whoever it is. That they're just trying to make another headline for themselves yeah. off the back of, yeah. of sport, off the back of football. Uh, and football has taken a kick in and justified in some cases. But I guarantee you, of all the Premier League footballers that do get paid huge sums of money, more of them do a lot more good than bad, I tell you. And you only have to throw up Marcus Rashford's name as, as an Agreed. example of the good that footballers, with all the money and all the fame have, that can do. And I'm sure that we've all seen the alleged pay packet of Raheem Sterling on social media. Well, yeah. Although he's earning a lot of money, yes. have a look at the tax column. Yeah, I know. I saw that as well. Exactly. So why are these politicians trying to give football a kick in again and saying, what, what, where can I, a celebration on a football pitch... And it's not an insult to the NHS. I don't think it is. I don't think it's rubbing the NHS noses in the, in the ground and saying, well, sod you. I don't think footballers are thinking that at all. Mm. Because everyone, most people who are in the NHS have a football team they love and support and will be just as pleased to be able to watch them. I just think politicians get busy uh, because they're getting a kick in and sometimes, just usually justifiably, are getting a kick in because <laughs> they've made a complete arse of it. And and I just think that, no, oh, football, that's popular. Let's just have a whack at that and we'll maybe get... No, sorry. Yes, I mean, look, is it Danny Ings this week? Yes. Danny? Did they think Danny might have gone onto your football pitch? As you say, asymptomatic, right? Now he's, he's had to quarantine. He'll miss the next game, next couple of games, right? But everyone's tested since then. Nothing. Not one other Southampton player on that pitch or opponent has tested negative. Let me run something else past you. I turned to and, and the, the Daily Mail female column makes me laugh often online. I mean, the Daily Mail, who, who I've said you this like pre- the Daily Mail, don't you? Well, they want to <laughs> preach to us all the time, don't they, about standards and, and, and how to live your life. And yet, you know, it makes me smile when I see the <laughs> columns where they have, you know, I mean, Pesca Solido, Karen Brady's girl, stripped to her bikini, magnificent curves and all this. I mean, it, it, it's soft porn half the time. <laughs> this is the stuff that they condemn in the sun. But anyway, um, from the female column, how do... You look so pitch perfect, lads. 
Premier League footballers appear very well groomed, despite salons being closed during lockdown. As expert claims, elaborate styles would be impossible to do at home. <laughs> this will become a story. This will become a story. Because they're right. Um, these guys, they must be... See, they're, they're talking about the, the, the fade. Uh -huh. right? The fade is from... Nothing through one, two, three to the top, a high top. Is that what you're supposed to do? Y yeah. I've just put mine at nothing all the way across. <laughs> the, an expert here has said that the fade is, you just can't do. Celebrity stylist. Let me find you his name. Celebrity stylist. Uh, he has said, he said, he, yeah, even I can't do this at home. So I don't know where these boys are getting it done. Um, James Johnson told Female the elaborate styles on show in recent matches would be near impossible for a player to maintain at home with a razor and a box dye. At most, these footballers would be able to trim the top with the kitchen scissors, he says, and I'm sure many have done that. Many of us have done that in lockdown. But he's right. I mean, they are picture perfect, these boys, aren't they, they are when they still. take the pitch? Yeah. When you think about well, it. Well, maybe they've, well, as you say, part of, part of being a the high profile footballer is having your entourage. Maybe they live in. Yeah, I'm sure some Maybe of them do. Maybe they have a hairdresser who lives I, in. I'm absolutely certain some of them do. Pogba's one. I think he's got a, a, a salon at home, hasn't he? But whether he employs his hairdresser full-time or not, I don't know. Um, there were a couple of examples last year. Jordan Ibe was one pictured in a hairdressing salon. Um, so There's been a few. I saw an actress, keep your eyes on it. I saw an actress who got caught in a hairdressing salon and said she was in there because... She was preparing for a role in yes, a movie. I, I, yes, I saw that too. So maybe the guys are preparing for a role every Saturday <laughs> and Sunday. Well, the way that... that might be a story, back by, to the way. Our previous... by the way, there you go. If people are looking for things, there's another thing you've given them. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> going back to our previous conversation about buying a pen, there's a lot of acting involved in that, so I suppose you could argue <laughs> that is the case. This I love, Tweet of the Week, Andy Dunn, Sunday Mirror, and this says a lot about the, 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 the fella, just to get ourselves back on football, uh -huh. who I think has had a massive impact this year. Um, terrific guy. And, and, Let me uh, guess. Hold on. Keep going. Don't give me his name, but keep telling me. Moved in the summer. Um, enormous impact. Proper bloke. Um, I, I said recently in Nigel de Jong's company, water carrier, and Nigel said, don't you ever dare say that at my company again. You're undermining the position I play in. This fellow's a water carrier. Um, uh, caught by Josh De Silva in a recent cup tie. Um of course you didn't mean it, he says. So don't worry, I'm a Viking and I'm fine. But you owe me a new shin pad. You have a great future ahead at Josh De Silva. Be strong and keep working hard. Best of luck to you and your team. Big hug. Josh De Silva. Yeah. Played against Yeah, Emil Hoiberg. Oh, Hoiberg. Oh, I'm a Viking. That threw yeah. me. I'm a Viking. I mean, great. Good luck to him. I mean, many would have whinged and complained about that challenge for a long time. Hoiberg got up and said, yeah, look, there's the damage. Yeah. Cut shin. Move on. A, do you know who he reminded me of? Peter Reid. When he played Bayern Munich. <laughs> yes, Reedy had a, had a sock that was just pure red. Wouldn't have been allowed near the pitch these days. But he's, he had one white sock and one red sock. It was fantastic. Yeah, why, give me some cotton wool, shove it down his sock. That's got on with it. Just before we join our guests, why, I, I, I understand the, the answer to the question is contracts have been signed. Broadcasters expect a product. But to continue the dangerous scenario in which we find ourselves with COVID... Why are we trying to squeeze cup ties in of little no significance no and relevance? No, I don't. I know. When, when our primary concern should surely be worrying about the Premier League. I don't know. And why. I, I know that sounds selfish, but yeah. But sorry, Richard. We keep saying these are these are different times. Okay. Now we we might get away with it. 
and and we won't know for another, I'm guessing, ten days or so, or another, certainly another week, as to whether any of the games played by Premier League sides against lower league sides has had a, an impact on the amount of people that are found to be positive for coronavirus. We'll find that out in the next seven to ten days, I guess. But we don't know. But I didn't think it was a risk worth taking. When you talk about risk, that to me was a risk not worth taking. Um, for the great, for the greater good I, I, of I, keeping football. I think that Andy, you look at and, and I mentioned this to you on being sports the other night. And I think of the eighteen teams that played prior to the Monday when West Ham won at Stockport. I think three hundred and twelve changes between them had been made. Right. Top of that list, Aston Villa with eleven. Wow, that's right. right. Yeah, my, yeah. my point is, I don't think teams. No, teams don't care anymore. Top of the Premier League, they're hunting. Champions League places. Bottom of the Premier League, it's a desperate scrap to stay in. And mm -hmm. when I say bottom, I mean the bottom 14. Yeah. Top 10 in the Championship all think they can come up. Well, bottom 10, 12, 14 in the Championship. Think they can go down. I think they can go down. Yeah. Here's the evidence. Aston Villa changes last week, 11. Derby, who are in the bottom three of the Championship, 11. Huddersfield, <laughs> just outside looking to stay afloat, 11. Bournemouth at the top of the Championship, 10. Luton, 9. Millwall, Eight. <laughs> Newcastle, seven. You go further down the list. Rotherham, wow. six. Preston, five changes. Now, some of these may have been enforced. Some yeah, of these may, may be have been for injury. So this is a general mm. look at what... what but yeah, if you, if you Wood, three. If you, if you looked at that every season, you'd find the same sort of stats. Not 11. You, you know, Villa's 11 were for reasons, obviously COVID reasons. Um, that, 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 to me, was a... a, a I don't know why they played that game. I have to, I have to confess. Aston Villa against Liverpool. Contractual requirement. But but think about okay, it. Okay, then let me answer with this then, if you know about the technical contractual stuff. Um, having fulfilled the obligation to play the FA Cup tie mm. against Liverpool with under 23 and under yeah, 21 players. Yeah, you're saying. It's a very good right? point. Why then did Jose Mourinho and Tottenham have a justification of saying, hold on a minute, if you can fulfil that fixture... With those players, mm. why can't you fulfil the Premier League fixture? I think you've got a very good point. The I only thing know. I can think is that that, that that Mourinho will be saying to himself, what if? You know. So let's try and be a little more careful with our view on what's happening in the Premier League. Well, I, 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 I'd like to think so. I think Premier League clubs are more aware of each other's problems. But but talking of the FA Cup, I, I, people say to me, oh, well, award a Champions League place for winning it. What's the point? No. 1980 was the last time a team out of the top league won the FA Cup. West Ham. In that time, only Wigan and Portsmouth have interrupted the success of the top six. They win it every year. Mm. So you're not incentivizing anybody by no. saying, here's a Champions League place. No. The top boys are going to win it anyway. Yeah, yeah, they do. And, and, and right now, I just for me, I think it's, 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 it's in the way. And, and I mean, surely may argue with us. There will be there will be teams of that nature that that but it but surely could become the epicenter now going forward. That's what, with I mean. what, with, with what, what that's happened? What I'm there. Saying. I mean, that's like, what we don't know for the next week. Yeah, that's so, what we don't know. You know, we're cancelling Premier League games at the minute to make way for Shrewsbury to play a cup tie. I I I, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Well, you and me both. Um, so I, I think there's there's mileage in that as well mm. going forward that we need to be aware of. We shall see. Wouldn't have bothered you, haircuts, would it? No, I just said that. I'm, I'm on a zero all the way across. Yeah, but when you played? No, just a perm. Straight perm? Straight perm. So I, I wouldn't need a hairdresser. No. No. And the perm was for style purposes, was no, it? No, or? no, no, no. No, it was for style. It was for, um, it was so because uh, I had rubbish hair when I was young anyway, and probably 
part of the reason. And the thing was, I had to like blow dry it when I trained. Of course. Yeah. So if you're blow drying your hair. Well, that's terrible. You know, it's just yeah. a mess. So somebody said to me, get it permed. They said, if you get it permed, you don't ah. have to blow dry it. You just wash it and leave it. Cunning. And then yeah. and I didn't realise so when, I, to when I was washing, leaving it, I was actually washing go at some time, <laughs> and it has done. So that, had, that had nothing then to do with the style at the time? No, not, not in my view, no, no, certainly not. No, mine was not that I looked around and saw who would have been playing then. Uh, well, Liverpool, 1-11 had a perm. Kevin, did he? Well, apart McDermott. from Kenny, but, but oh, Suey always argues his hair is... Uh, naturally. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. hair is not naturally curly. No, it's not. Uh, Suey, Phil Neal, Tomo, uh, Terry Mack... Um, no. <laughs> Alan Kennedy, all of them. They did, but no, and when I think back to then, when I was at Villa then, I'm looking back, who, who had a permit Villa? You. Apart from me, that's what I'm saying. So there wasn't, so I just did it for convenience. Yeah, see, I've always had this conversation with you, is there is no time. I think if you were playing now, you'd be fully tattooed. No, I wouldn't. Fully. 100%. I think you'd, you'd 100%. no question. No, and I can categorically say I'd be Harry Kane. And tattooless. you'd be wearing the lariest boots that no, were available. No, I wouldn't. Black and white. No question. No, you, but you're talking about yourself. Tats would, would be an issue, but boots I would be comfortable in. Yeah, I'd, I'd wear a pair of Larry you'd boots. Be, yeah. You'd be pink booted up. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely, I'm looking across, you got a pink shirt on today. It's your, it's your colour. <laughs> Let's introduce our guest, who I think might have something to say on this subject. <laughs> Larry boots. Yeah. <laughs> So, Joey Barton, my friend. Can I ask a first question? Yes. Right. I think we should start, when we get somebody like Joey in, who's had such a great career, we should start with a highlight. I'd like to ask him about that. His highlight? Yes. Oh, I wanted to go another another route. Uh, No, no. I want just quickly. All right. His highlight, how he felt the day he signed for Rangers. (laughs) (laughs) That that was about as good as it got to me up there, then. Oh well, yeah. and now we've dealt with highlight. You carry on. <laughs> <laughs> we were just having a conversation, Joe, about important things on the football pitch in the modern era, and I said to Andy, we were talking haircuts naturally, yeah. and I said to Andy, were he playing now, yeah. he would definitely, definitely, be fully tattooed no up, chance. and he would have a pair of coloured no boots. W- w- do, do you subscribe to my view being correct? Uh, of who? Of of me? Well, no, of, no, of, 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 of Andy. And what you know about Andy him? I mean, now. You you watched him from the terraces, like me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm not that old. He's, I was just going to say he wasn't born. So if he watched me from the terraces, it would have been in a papoose. Yeah. <laughs> a what? Yeah, yeah, you like that? Uh, yeah, you like the, that? The, the great Everton side, the great Everton side at, at, at that era. I just, I just missed. I was born, but I obviously was told oh, tail after tail, and yeah. obviously watched VHS copies of them. But <laughs> I don't think you'd have had the. I don't think you'd have had the coloured boots and the tattoos. Certainly, you. you don't see that diving header anymore now. It's, it's almost gone mean, out the game. Well, I think Harry, Kane, Harry Kane just wound it back a couple of years, didn't he, the other night? Oh, it was that. a beauty. Yeah, but not at that level, that level of bravery that, that, that um, you know, going in with muck and bullets to get hair oh. and, and get your head on the end of it. You don't, you don't really see that now from the modern day you know. kind were, of player. You you know, a, you, the defenders would be sent yeah, off. Were you a lady boot wearer, Joe? 
in the end, I think it just it just captured everybody. You know, when, when people are giving you free stuff or when people are paying you to work stuff, <laughs> as it got in art, you know, you, you you don't when you when your kids off council estates like most of us are, you you, you don't say no to a to a freebie. Um, <laughs> no, that's fair. And when they come in all the the colours, it's either well, you want to pay for your own black boots or do you want to take them ones for free? I think most of the lads just take freebies. Take freebies. What about tattoos? Body, yeah, body, I, I, again, art, I, body art, I, I, body art, body yeah, art. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it's it become a. I, I mean, I always remember my granddad and that always having tattoos, but then you know you, they just got ridiculous, didn't they? On on young footballers, yeah. and I just think that's just societal. You know the way the way it goes. I, I don't think I'd have seen um, you know the likes of Andy Gray. I'd have been disappointed that he had the full body sleeves and all no the arms sleeves no and all that. I don't think I don't think it looked as good on the old. Um, yeah. On the old match of the day, you know. Well, the, 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 I thought you were going to say on the old man because certainly, by, <laughs> yes. certainly by now it wouldn't have looked very no. good. I can tell you that. <laughs> and you, you talked about bravery. Is it is it brave or is it stupid to, to the, the way that we used to play the game? Uh, again, here's the here's the old point to that. But I, I, we've seen a lot of the you know obviously the dementia um, mm. issues kind of rumbled on. And uh, it looks like the PFA have, and, have started to make progress with that. Um, at last, at, you know, at last. Um, and, and and you know, it's kind of what you don't know. You you don't know at that time. I mean, you look. I think it was the big uh, NFL kind of expose about the CTE and the, yes. the problems you could have with head collisions that led us into the space we're in now. But again, I think if you get involved in sport, you know. You understand there's a risk. You're going to get injured if you don't. If you don't, you know I've got two aluminium screws either side of me. Fourth, I've had knee operations. You've had bumps and bruises over the time, and we played in an era of relatively non-contact compared to, you know, the, the games of yesteryear where you know you, you, you'd seen you like Tommy Smith who w- wouldn't miss big games, and he were taking injections to, to play in those games with no idea of the long-term um, ramifications because at the time. You know, the, the expert did not know, no. um, what was going to go on. And, you know, I know myself, there's loads of games I probably shouldn't have played in because of injuries, but you were never missing them because, no. you know, you, you, you trained your whole life to, to yeah. play in them games. So, yeah. you know, we understand what goes with it. And I think, you know, you, you understand you're going to have bumps and bruises. I've seen that the guy, Steve Thompson, I think the, 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 the rugby guy. Yeah. And I'm kind of looking at that going, you know, you play rugby and you pick a ball up and you run into someone who's 20 stone as yeah. fast as you can. Yeah. You do know that at the end, you know, after 10, 15, 20 year cycle of doing that on a week, week by week basis, you know, you're not probably going to be a hundred percent in the health, um, column. So at, at what point do you, do you, do you say, you know, you have to allow for, you know, wear and tear. If you play sports at the level that we want to play it, we get paid fantastically well. Um, and I've seen these things about head and going out the game. I mean, you know, contact basically out the game now. Um, head and goes out the game. I mean, please how will be we, we be able to? Well, how will be able to compare? You know, the game of of yesterday to the game of today. It'll be a completely different sport. Well, it'll just be five or six, Joey, on a big pitch. Well, and, and again, you've got VAR and the, I mean, at some point, you know, we, we've got to draw the line and say, look, do we want to play football or do we want to, you know, just sit and have a virtual, um, yeah, it's a good point game of football on, on the VAR headset, you know, and have, I take the contact out of it completely. I mean, you know, we've, we've got to understand that it is a contact sport. It is, you know, certainly when I grew up, you know, Goodison Park, 
a challenge in a 50-50 tackle was as, was as good as an across or a chance of goal. Yes. You know, that, that did ignite the game sometimes. Yes. Yes. yes, which is what made Reedy a hero, I yeah. think. Were you a man, Joey, to get your revenge in first? I, I always remember speaking to the Terry McDermott about this, saying like, you know, because you'd always ask about your students and, the, you know, your mm. Jimmy Paces and the kind of hard, hard players of yesteryear. And obviously Terry Mack wasn't one of those. He was a, a, a guileland midfield goal scorer who could, who could, you know, get in and, and score incredible goals and, and his return for Liverpool was superb. So I was, I always had a problem with that type of player. So me and Terry <laughs> used to talk a lot about, you know, the, the kind of runs that type of player would make because it was my job to try and take care of that, that, that player in the opposition side. And, and he always said about Jimmy Case, he'd say, um, you know, you, the way he did it, he said he, he he could be tackled by somebody and he'd waste games and games and games <laughs> before before he got his before he got his uh, his revenge and then he you know in the modern era you just you just don't get that you don't have as I say yeah, there's no physicality as as such um, you know you look at like a, a, a who would you say um, an Angolo Kante who's you know real physical kind of number four now I mean he. he Probably wouldn't have lasted five ten minutes in in the game sooner, you know. Jimmy Casey either, you know. You look at it, even the Roy Keane, Patrick Vieira either. I'm not yeah, sure. And yeah. Kante but, but you would have been able shy, to make any kind you? of physicality. I mean, you you literally did make an impact from time to time. Uh-huh. Players didn't know that you were there. Yeah, but did you go into a fifty fifty, or did you always make it sixty forty in your favour? In, in my head, anyway, it was always it was always sixty forty. You know, what I mean, you were just like. I, I, I just came from Liverpool, and it was like I'm I'm getting the ball. You know, my right. job. I didn't. I wasn't blessed with an incredible amount of skill and talent. I, I, everything I did, I did under the kind of the hard work and you know being a good team player, doing the things that you know some of the more skillful players in the team uh, wasn't their skill set. So to, and then to get them on the ball, and I think. You know, you have to know your role in a team, and you have to understand that you know not everybody everybody wants to be Lionel Messi, but not everybody can be Lionel <laughs> sure. Messi. Um, mm. And and accepting that that's your role, and in different teams you you, you play a different role. And uh, you know, I wish I'd have been at the level to 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 go in a Premier League game and 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 pull the strings of it. You know, as as you've seen, you know, an, an Eden Hazard, a, a, you see, and you know, a Mo Salah type do now, Mane type, but. You know, not everyone, one of us have, have, have got that skill set. And it, and it, as I say, you've got to find a way of, first and foremost, you know, getting yourself into a game. And I think, you know, for me, it was about, you know, physical running. Um, I was always a good athlete. So kind of, kind of get someone in deep water physically. Um, you know, getting into that 12, 13k range. Um, so you've got to be fit to do that. Yeah. And then if you've got a technical, um, Advantage, use it, and, and if if you don't, which most of the time in the Premier League when you're playing against Roy Keane, Paul Scholes, Stevie Gerrard, <laughs> Frank Lampard, you don't have. Um, then then you have to find another way of of, of imposing yourself on the on them as as people, and 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 we were allowed with a bit more uh, physical scope, yeah. and and you could you could you could test someone's you know mental aspects, and 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 um, that was the way the game was played when when we played it. I'd have probably been better. Ten, 10 years before I'd, I'd have probably had a lot more um, yeah. license with referees but See again that, yeah. you know I'd, I'd, if I was playing now I'd probably be sent off a lot more than what it is <laughs> I, because I of VAR have, I, would, I would have loved to have dropped a ball between yourself and Reedy 
and said, go on, win it. I mean, we're both from the same part of Liverpool. (laughs) Well, exactly. There you go, yeah. (laughs) And and obviously Stevie Gerrard's from there, so there must be something. We we always produce it. It's only about 30,000 people heightened, but it's it's got a great history of producing, which which you get these little little enclaves of um, hotbeds of football, you know, where, where, where lots of good players come come through and um, end up I mean that's what people forget I think sometimes just to get at that Premier League level or that, that first division as it would have been in your day Andy yeah. it's, it's an incredible achievement you know you look oh, back now and you think wow yeah. you know it's, yeah. people people take it for granted just, just playing in the big leagues and you know I used to sit in school and think if I could make one professional appearance in Division 4 Division 3 Division <laughs> 2 Division 1 you know that was a huge badge of honour as a young player yeah. trying to make you know, you trade as a as a pro footballer. Did you get everything out of your career? Do you think, Joey? No, I think I think um, you know the, all the indiscretions certainly you know didn't didn't help me and didn't um, you know make a, a kind of move to a, a bigger, better club kind of unfold. Um, I think if it had been more well behaved off the park in the earlier days, I think that that I, I might have got the opportunity to play with better players, which then allows you to, I think, move up the you know the the hierarchy of of the game. You know, I never played at the European Cup, um, qualified for it with Marseille when I was out there, but never got um, a permanent move the next year, and never uh, played in it. I never went to a major tournament with with my country. I never got capped more um, mm-hmm. by England, which I would have obviously loved to have done. But then, you know, I had some good players ahead of me. You know, as I said before, you yeah, know, just, goals, just Lampard, Gerrard, <laughs> Michael Carrick. Uh, and to get one cap, I, I suppose some people will, you know, you, you always look back at it and you join in that training group and you kind of know where you are. And I, I knew I wouldn't start every week for England because of the talent of, of the players ahead of me. You know, there was some incredible midfield players, ne- never mind um, just talent in that in that a- era. But also, you know, you look at like, like Colin Harvey, who I grew up mm. kind of, you know, watching videos of the, the Holy Trinity and he never got an England cap. And, Amazing, you know, he's a lot better player than me. So, you know, Steve, Steve Bruce again won champion. Yeah, yeah. Championships at Man United never got a cap, so there's lots of good players. You know, Kev Nolan, a good mate of mine, probably should have got an England cap, never got one. Um, so you have to look back, and you know, you get that England international mm-hmm. status. And as my dad said, you know, they can never take that cap off. Well, yeah, there's two, th- two things there, Joe. First of all, on Reedy, I will smile when I talk to Joe Royal, and he um, he refers to the cultural ambassador of, of two, dogs. <laughs> two dogs. Two dogs, Reedy. Two dogs, yeah. But he's hell of a player, Reedy. Oh, sense. But if you hadn't been that angry young man, maybe you wouldn't have had the success that you did. Yeah, I wouldn't have got off the playing pitches at Vighton, I don't think. I don't think you'd have got out. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was rough and ready football and you had to survive. You had to learn. I, I mean, I was fortunate in terms of my dad played for Nosley United, so they were really... You know, decent amateur set up, and I was with with them in the dressing room. From as my dad wasn't allowed to go and play football unless I I was taken on on a Saturday morning because he had two younger brothers. So <laughs> if he didn't take me, he couldn't go. Yeah. So I went the the length and breadth of <laughs> uh, of the non league scene in in this you know in England and you know from from the the, the north Harrogate and all the sides that have come through now into you know all the kind of. Um, Midland sides and lower league sides, you name it. I've been in a dressing room and in, 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 and I smell football from a young age. So yeah, I was given a great, great sounding board to come in and then obviously got into a professional 
space myself. And, and I always had them kind of non-league values and principles of, you know, good team, yeah. good camaraderie, yeah. um, take no kind of nonsense, no, no, um, <laughs> yes. no dick. We had a sign of Fleetwood, you know, no dickheads. Um, <laughs> and and people, people who you'd go out and have a pint with, you know, I mean? you know old school values, which uh, I think good teams are built off. Yeah. Whether you go from, you know, European Cup winners or, you know, third division winners, I think they all share common themes of, of, of good principles that run throughout um, a successful team at, at any level. Listen, a number of times we've spoken, I've never asked you, I have read, and I don't know if it be true or otherwise, so I am going to now. <laughs> when you got sent off, Against City. City. Why did you kick Tevez? Well, Carlos had punched me. About it. That, that's what led to the whole incident. I'd checked someone had, had, um, had taken a throw and I'd picked him up off the throw just beforehand and um, I'd kind of read where he was going to go and, and checked his run. Um, and, and I think we were drawing 1 1 at the time and yeah, I think they knew that Arsenal had gone. Um, you know, they, they just got, no, you just look at another team and you can see. You can just see when, when players have gone sometimes, yeah, and that's, yeah. that's what, what's missed on, on the TV. Sometimes when you're in the muck and bullets mm. of it, you, you can just smell that a player's not not quite as as as, as composed as what they, what they would normally be. And I think that afternoon at City, we, we, we really you know tapped into the fact that they were struggling to get over the line for the first title and the enormity of the task. Mm. Obviously, they'd got a bit of a fortunate start with the Zabaleta cross that went in. We pulled it back level, and they started unraveling massively. And um, Tevez punched. I, 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 I've not seen any replays back because if it had been me punching Carlos, it'd probably been replayed fifty-eight times. But, <laughs> but as it was, but as it was Carlos true. punching me, it, it doesn't fit the narrative. No, and, no. Um, and and then and then I should have took the Jimmy Case route and waited probably two, three, four games to get him back. Um, but at the time, um, I felt I could get away with with um, a bit of retaliation. Obviously, I've elbowed him and he's instantly gone to the floor. Incredibly clever from him. You know, South American, Argentinian, international, top chip baggery, which you would accept um, they're, they're the masters at. Um, we've seen it with Diego Simeone, with yes. Beckham in the World Cup, yes. and so forth. They are the masters of... of of getting you off the park and you know seeing the linesman flagging Mike Dean's the ref I see Mike going towards the linesman and uh, Bobby Zamora's gone to me geez you're going you're getting, you're getting sent off uh, take take one of theirs with you sign even the sides up so at that point I've thought you see I thought that I thought wow. that was I thought that was the answer I mean we, we were talking earlier about you know buying a pen yeah. I think that's really cute I, 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 I well, mean, I'm sorry, but I think that's clever. Game ban and an underground fine or whatever they call it. But your thinking was, if I kick him and he retaliates, he comes as well. No, my thinking was, we're in a relegation battle. I've been sent off. God, I've left my teammates down. Is there any way I can do anything to get <laughs> that disadvantage away from them? And when Bob suggested that, you know, in the cold light of day, you'd go, no, no, that's not the way to play it. But with, you know, the adrenaline in your system, yeah. you go, oh, that's, that's a great idea. Um, so Aguero was, weirdly, I, I was, Jamie Carragher was doing a book a while back about, about the, the, these kind of biggest games. And uh, he, he said, well, why did you need Aguero? What had happened was after that elbow Tevez, Aguero was running to the referee straight away to make him aware, make him aware 
scheme and show. And so where I'm from, Liverpool, we, we would say a grass, he's a grass. Um, <laughs> which means he's somebody who tells the authorities or something that's gone on. So, so I'd always, when I turned around and, and Aguero was there, I was like, well, you, you can have you it. Would, you can have it. <laughs> you, you were grassing. And, and I thought that that might take him out of the game as it, as it transpires, you know, in stoppage time. Um, you know, the, the, the moment to live, you know, the dead leg's gone, so we're clearly never got him hard enough in the... Uh... <laughs> it's, it's great. It's I mean, it, it, the things that happen on the pitch that we but, don't know. But you know what I, what I found fascinating about that, obviously, because watching that, um, when you say that, Joey, that you, you can play against teams, you're right, and there's, you get a sense on the football pitch that this mm. team have gone, or they're really struggling. So in, in hindsight, I hate to ask you this, in hindsight, do you think if you hadn't got sent off, City would have got over the line, or had they really, really gone? And I, I, I'm still at that thing where you, you, you looking in the eyes. I think if we'd have stayed eleven and eleven, mm. I, I'm not sure they'd have got. Wow, I'm not sure they'd have got got the win. I'm not sure. Um, just, just in terms of, I mean, I, I always remember because I, after I got sent off, I was standing in the in the kind of corridor. Be, as you go down the stairs, so mm. I could, because I was intent on seeing our result, because it was more important for me that yeah, QPR right. stayed up. Yeah, you'd bolt, so I was, was monitoring it Bolton, obviously, Bolton Stoke oh. game, yeah. yeah. Bolton Stoke on the other end of it, and I was just like, God, because I, I knew if, if they didn't, if we went down, obviously the book stopped with me. Um, <laughs> and I was captain, and obviously, uh, so I was like, you know, I've got to live with that for the rest of my days, you know, getting QPR relegated, because regardless of the fact that we had to win at Man City on the last day of the season, um, which was, you know, if you'd have wrote that down on paper, it was looking like you were going to get relegated. If, if you have to go to City, you were champion of left and, and, and win a game. Um, and I just remember Mancini's comments on the sideline and the way he was speaking to the players. And I, I think that ultimately cost him his job the next year. I just, I just remember it going on and the chaos of it all and what he was saying, the, the, the abuse he was giving to his own players. And I just remember thinking, God, like this is what pressure, severe, severe, severe pressure does to people. Even the best, you know, in the role I've been in the last couple of years as a manager, seeing a manager unravel like that on the sideline uh, because they thought they'd thrown it away. Um, for me, was it was incredible to see. Um, and as I say, you know, you look back at it, it's uh, it, it's on the TV here all the time. And obviously, I've got a young lad now who's, who's nine, approaching, you know, getting into his football, loving his football. And I have to turn it off the telly before it gets to that point every time. So, is that means that game on? I'm like, no, 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 let's turn that off. Yeah, he's got so a at sign. At some point, I'm going to have to explain to him, yeah. like, you don't do that on a no. football pitch. Um, he, he's got a sign on his bedroom door, no dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, thank you. That's, that's right. Away from do you want to tell us what happened before we leave you? Why, 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 why did you quit Fleetwood? I didn't. I, I was sacked, Rich. Um, so it was it was a strange one in terms of you know the team from last season we we'd made some real progress just before the coronavirus kind of kicked in and shut shut down our fixture program and um, I think we're on a thirteen game unbeaten run and kind of moving into the top echelons of our division with nine games to go so you know when you've been involved in in promotion chasing team you know you get that feel and and you feel like you're motoring um, and, and we certainly had that. It then was shut down. We had a period out and, and we came back for a um, points per game kind of playoff campaign, which we were caught a little bit cold in. Um, 
and over you know the we were a kind of league team and not really a cup team and, and ended up in a kind of cup format and, and and it didn't go so well in the first leg and we were you know yeah, didn't get to the final yeah. so it was really yeah. disappointing and and then what happens at, at this level is it's not like you know the kind of top level where you get to keep your best players because either your best players are loan players or yeah. um yeah. certainly other clubs come circling and and want to and want to take them and and that happened to us. We lost, you know, some key components. I was told um, any money generated would be uh, given to us to go back in, and that didn't quite uh, play out the next year. Um, you know, just you, you realise things happen as a young manager. You know, I'm thinking, okay, I, I was a little bit. We need to, we, you know, get investments and get new players in as soon as we can. Bed them in in pre-season. We want to hit the ground running, and because we're Fleetwood Town and we get, you know, we don't. You know, don't get the types of investments of, of some. You know, we've got eight, I think, Premier League clubs in in that league in, in League One or ex Premier League clubs in League One this year. So you, you really are David and, and Goliath in, in you know certainly Fleetwood are in in comparison to Sunderland, Ipswich, and you know clubs of, of that ilk. Mm-hmm. Um, and we needed investment and, and we needed to get it quick to hit the ground run. Didn't get it, so I had to grind and loan players, young players, and grind ourselves a new team out and. I just felt we were getting into that. I mean, I was five unbeaten before or four unbeaten in the league before, um, you know, I get, I get a call from South Africa off the owner and he wants to uh, go a different direction with the goalkeeper, wants to go a different direction with some of the younger players. And, you know, I didn't think that was the correct direction to go um, to get promoted this year. Um, and and he did. And, and ultimately, he owns the football club. So, you know, we had an amicable or as amicable as you can partner ways. We were disappointed because we felt we, you know, the season doesn't get going for me until January, February. We we felt we were jockeying in position again to put Fleetwood in at least playoff kind of promotion uh, contention again on limited resources. So he, he he's obviously your boss and, and I, I didn't want to stay and, you know, have players playing for me who I probably don't think should be playing. And I didn't want to have, um, you know, the kind of thing of, well, I told you so when, mm. when it goes wrong. So, you know, it's, it's great that you're both on the same thing, a promotion, but it's difficult when, when people believe it can be done one way and you believe it can be done another way. And you have to kind of shake hands, I think, be grown up about it and say, okay, um, you crack on with that. Uh, I've got things I want to be getting on with in terms of, um, education and you know grow myself as a as a football coach and a football person and I think the best way to do that is an environment where everybody's aligned and everybody um you know wants the same outcome um but also understands that this is the role we're going to take towards that outcome good so um, what, what you're saying then is you're not done I mean I, I I'd, I'd hate to think you 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 know you'd walk now it's it's not enough, is it? One one experience. No, I, 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 would, I wouldn't. I would never walk from. I'd never walk from a job. It's just. It's just. Um, you know, sometimes, as I said, you know, owners, especially when the wealthy owners, they've they've got their way of doing things. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that, Jim. No, I suppose what, I, what I'm saying is, you're you're not done with it. You want to go back in again. Oh yeah, I, I, that that was the two and a half years. What it what it taught me is that I actually really enjoy it. Uh, it's something I would like to do as a as a kind of you know for the rest of my life. I didn't know I could coach and I didn't know I could, I knew I could play because obviously you've done that. But mm. I think once you cross over to the other side, you know, it's not about you. It's about getting people to do things for you or do things 
um, with an intensity because you know they respect and 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 they know that you care about them. And I think that's where a lot of you know ex-players kind of struggle. Where you know it's easy to to tell people what to do, um, but it's not very easy to get people to do things um, for you. And I think that's where the top managers, you know, you have to give them incredible credit how they get that intensity every single match day and you know I've had a little taste of that me Clint and, and the lads we've gone from playing to that side of it and we loved it loved every single Good. day of it um, working with lads and um, as I say if you can't um, if you can't do it at this moment then you'd have to get yourself better prepared for the next opportunity and Good. as soon as it comes I think we'll be ready and raring to I, get I, back I always knew I'd, I, I knew I'd never be a coach my, my problem always was Sorry? trying trying to talk to players who didn't have my ability yeah. and that's a really frustrating place to be <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine that's really really difficult yeah. Yeah, I've never met anyone I don't have had, that problem i never met anyone who had as little ability as Keezy as well I know he'd have a problem Joe <laughs> definitely Just, yeah, everyone I've met has more ability than me uh, as ever as ever Joe really good to talk thank you uh, for taking time out yeah, with listen, us. Yeah, listen, great to hear your voice, Thanks, lad. Really Top good. Man. Sounds like you're doing good spirit. So right. it'd be um, great to see you face to face at some point. At some point when we can get you in, Joe, get across. But in the meantime, good luck to you. Stay Thanks, in touch. Sorry. Great to great talk. Great to hear the voice. Cheers, Joe. Best of luck. Bye. 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 <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, Andy. It, it, it's too easy to, from a distance draw a conclusion or, or, or pass verdict on yeah, someone, isn't it? Fair. Until you get the opportunity to spend time with them. I, I, I mean, I, I think he's a great lad. I always have. I was just going to say, if we'd have had time, I mean, he's one of those, Joey, you could, we could have talked to him for another half hour. Absolutely. Easy. I mean, do you think he's one of those that his, his, his reputation precedes him yes. everywhere he goes? And I understand that. And he does too, because right. of the way he used to live yeah, his life. Yeah, yeah. But that's changed. Right. Uh, and he can look back now on what happened with a different view. But I don't think would want. I, I mean, I kind of got that impression there. Yeah, he would have liked to have been better. Mm -hmm. But as I said, without the hunger and, I mean, look at yourself. Yeah, yeah. You, you, oh, I related a lot to what you were saying about you know not having the best talent, having to work yeah. really, really hard and give it everything you've got. Yeah, yeah. And you only get one opportunity. Yeah, you do. And, not, and that phrase he said, I could, I, I could smell football. That's the, that's the thing I, you know, at a distance now, the smell. I mean, how lucky are you? You go to you, your workplace, you smell. Fresh grass every day, and, and it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Lovely. Um, anyway, thanks again to Joey Barton. Thank you for listening. Uh, I have mentioned it uh, right at the start of the uh, podcast. Please um, rate us, mm -hmm. subscribe, mm -hmm. leave leave your thoughts. Um, you'll find us on Twitter and Instagram at Keys and Grey Pod. Spell it out: A N D at Keys and Grey Pod. Uh, keep your thoughts coming, please. Wherever in the world you are. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am pleased to say, Andrew, that um, many in far-flung places really? in the world Excellent. are joining us, which Excellent. is great. Good and we shall see you back the same time next week. Mom. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.